Oh, okay. I was, gonna, I was gonna say in America, when our thing goes off after like a couple days, it just starts making a, a constant siren. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would make me get a battery. <laughs> That's how we're starting the episode. <laughs> Hello, I'm Arafat, I'm in the UK. And I'm Hamid, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode, which is on the Monaco Grand Prix. This is definitely the first time I've recorded this introduction today, and I've not been making mistakes over and over again. Today we're going to be talking about qualifying the race, how Ferrari managed to Ferrari themselves, the problems with the Monaco Grand Prix, and we'll be discussing solutions, which all of our listeners have sent in through Twitter. And then finally, we're going to be having a bit of a group therapy session about Lewis Hamilton's season so far. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mohammed. Mohammed, how Hi, are you? Hi, guys. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm actually not a Formula One fan anymore. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but yes, I'll quickly introduce our guest as well. We're joined by Umaima. Hi, guys. Hello. Who's distracted by her fire alarm that keeps beeping. You might be able to hear it in the background. Um, at the end of the episode, we're going to be doing a charity collection so she can buy one battery <laughs> to put into her fire alarm yes, to uh, improve her personal safety. Um, <laughs> but, Mohammed, how are you? Um, I, I feel free for the first time in years that I'm no longer shackled to the anchor of Formula One and hoping for good races by Lewis Hamilton. It feels very amazing. I love it. You sent me a message on whatsapp it was like a, a screenshot of a meme or something about yeah. how men pick a sports team uh, at the age of 11 and then just that's the thing that just makes them upset for the rest of their life correct um, yeah so See, I, I realized that it's not been that long for me it's not too late and, and if anyone else is listening it's not too late you guys can break free the way i've broken free you know it's possible be your best self leave this godforsaken sport join something you know, like like a fitness class or something, you know, clear your mind. Um, shall we get into talking about the race? Yes. So we'll quickly touch on qualifying. There was a bit of controversy in Q3 with Perez hitting the wall and bringing the session to an end. Some people said this was unfair because other people didn't get to set their fastest laps. Maybe Hamilton could have been one, maybe two positions higher. Maybe Verstappen could have been on the front row. Mohamed Amaima, what do you think about this? So my question is, do they have to end the session when there's a red flag at the end? Because, I mean, technically, they could just, like, add a minute to the clock and have everyone start over. But anytime there's a red flag within, like, two minutes, they just end the session. And I guess I don't... Yeah, guess, but... I think it's because they don't extend the sessions. <laughs> so they could say, yeah, we're going to restart the session. But if there's only a minute left... They don't have enough time to practically nobody's going to be able to get around and also yeah. in this in no this one, have time to get around if you saw how it got red flagged there was two cars like totally blocking the track so you yeah. like yeah, actually yeah. it just became a car park like nothing happened yeah i mean i i feel like if that happens if there's a red flag within the final like two and a half minutes of a session they should they should make a rule that we're just going to add another two minutes to whatever time is left and yeah, then, I think yeah. I think that would be the most sensible. Like you red flag the session, clear the track, move the broken cars, whatever, and then give everybody one shot, just one lap to see if they can yeah. set their 
But I, I think other people have tried different things. So I remember in Formula E, they had this thing where people did qualifying at different times, but it became massively unfair because, you know, if the track was warming up and the grip was improving, if your time slot was 20 minutes earlier, you were doomed to being at the back. I think in IndyCar, if you cause a red flag or something, your time gets deleted, but it still doesn't help the other people who lose out. You know, one of the things that happened at the end was Max Verstappen said, oh, this happens every year. But, you know, I've only been watching Monaco for a couple of years. Mayma, uh, have you, like, is this just like a problem with Monaco that it happens all the time? Um, I think so. It didn't happen last year as well. I think it's quite common, just the way the track is. And it's so narrow. Yeah. Sometimes the accident at the it's end purposeful. might even happen exactly. on purpose. Yeah, Rosberg did that <laughs> Schumacher and did that. Schumacher did that to Alonso. Yeah. The difference was Schumacher got disqualified for it, whereas Rosberg got away with it. He said on Sky TV last year, he's like, whoa, 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 I was investigated for that. Don't hate. They said I was innocent. I didn't crash on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. Why would I not trust Nico Rosberg? So, Mohammed, why don't you quickly tell us about the race? You know, so I, I woke up and I was like, oh, everyone's talking about there's going to be rain. And I checked my phone. I was like, what's the weather in Monaco? And this is what Apple weather told me. It's like bone dry, 95 degrees out. I was like, oh, it's going to be a boring race. No rain. And then I turned the TV on and like they're all putting on full wets. The mechanics are running around. It's chaos. They are like they're trying to get ready. The race start has been delayed. And then it was, it, the rain came and it came pretty heavily. Like it was like pouring, pouring, pouring. They delayed the start. And then all the teams came out on full wet and their first decision was do do we switch to enters and then they switched to enters and then the track started to dry out and then they started switching to um softs uh, not sorry not soft slicks and like hard tires and then medium tires and then it kind of became a little bit more processional so because of the rain we had a little bit more drama than maybe we were expecting in monaco um ferrari absolutely just you know they they took a knife and they committed like what is that japanese thing called seppuku or whatever yeah yeah, they, they did that to themselves this week. They were like, we don't want to win. We sacrificed the win in the name of the greater good. And they handed the win over to Red Bull for some for, <laughs> for, for, for honor reasons. It was for honor. And um, so they did that. And then uh, for, for Fernando Alonso decided, I will lead this race from seventh place. And uh, he yeah. just single-handedly led the race you know he held everyone up behind him he was the front of the pack and he said i'm just gonna lead and then when they're like you need to get a hold on he was like okay and he set the fastest lap just for the sake of it and then the race ended that was it so this was in some ways a classic monaco grand prix in that it was apart from the rain stuff that generated discussion like you said it was so processional at the end that i actually fell asleep and didn't watch the last half hour i woke up on a lot yeah Exactly. A lot of nothing. Um, but should we get into yeah. yeah? Should we get into how Ferrari managed to Ferrari themselves? So it was around about lap thirteen. You know, some people started coming in to change onto the inters because they thought that would be the faster way. So Perez came in, went onto the inters, and Ferrari instead of reacting right then and putting Leclerc onto inters as well, they waited another lap. But what that meant is Perez was going so much faster that you know Leclerc's advantage was massively lost signs himself decided actually i'm just going to stay out until the track is dry enough for slick tires i don't want inters and then signs pitted for slicks they decided to pit leclerc at the same time but gave him the radio message at the wrong time so he came in got stuck behind signs 
and he should have come out into second place. But because it took him so long, he came out behind uh, Perez. And Perez managed to get ahead of Sainz because when Sainz came out, he got stuck behind Nicholas Latifi mm. and lost one and a half seconds. Our favorite and Canadian. And so Perez managed to get ahead by 0.8 seconds. And I don't understand how Latifi is so influential in deciding who wins important races all the time, all the time. No, I, I've believed this for a long time. And by a long time, I mean since I started this sentence, <laughs> that the person in last place is the most influential because they can do whatever they want and it will somehow affect the leader. I really, really felt for Leclerc. Like he was, do you hear the anger in his voice when they had like double stacked them? Um, and then when you yeah, listen to yeah. the radio message, they're like, box, box. And then literally the next thing they say is, no, 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 no. But by that time, he's already coming into the pits and he was like losing his mind. Um, and it was just, yeah. it was just terrible, terrible communication, terrible strategy, like the poor guy. And he, like when it finished, he didn't even get on the podium. It was just very sad for him. And I don't know what Ferrari were playing at. Yeah, you know, last week after Barcelona, somebody put a meme up. They were like, Sebastian Sebastian Vettel talking to Charles Leclerc. And he's like, yeah, Charles, I was also promised a championship winning car, good strategy, a great team, and championships. I know how you feel. And then this week, (laughs) people shared a real life video (laughs) of Sebastian Vettel going to Charles Leclerc and like patting him on the back like, don't worry, buddy. I know exactly how this feels. (laughs) So this is just, it's classic Ferrari. Um, but like, so okay, they had to start I don't know if it's classic Ferrari. Because... It's classic new Ferrari, like these days Ferrari. Yeah, like 2015 beyond Ferrari. Well, what do you mean new Ferrari? This this has been the Ferrari since 2008. It's more than 10 years now. I, I saw a tweet that said uh, Ferrari is the only team. Ooh, that's a mic drop. That's a mic drop. <laughs> I saw a tweet so that's you. <laughs> she was like, in Schumacher's days, they never made mistakes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like four weeks ago when Schumacher was in the Ferrari, everything was good. Um, I was going to say, I saw a tweet that said Ferrari is the only team to have a one, two front row lockout in Monaco and lose the, the race since Ferrari in 2008. Yeah. That's how long Ferrari have not been good. Yeah. I, I still can't get over that the last person in history to win a world championship with Ferrari is Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. <laughs> Go Kimi. Like, how insane is that? <laughs> yeah. And he won by luck, basically, too. I mean, it was a good car, but, like, he, he kind of got it given to him with Lewis's mistake. Otherwise, Lewis would have won. So, yeah. yeah. Incredible. So long ago. But, uh, but I was gonna, I was gonna say that you know they they came there's they came out on full wets to begin with because of the the rule that you have to start full wets behind a safety car or whatever for a rolling start, and I get that, but it was so obvious to me that anyone who is like at the back of a pack like nine tenth who is trying to make up places maybe even Lewis or like Gasly did this switch to intermediates quickly like be one of the first ones to do it you'll make up a million places when everyone switches to inters and then do it again with the with the slicks and then the person at the front you know like charles and 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 um carlos Sainz, 
you know, you hold out as long as possible. And that's what Carlos said. He was like, we are not going to enters. We're going straight to slicks, you know, because he could tell, like, that's how you do it. And Ferrari's like, no, no, we're going to bring you in for enters. He's like, no, no, we're going straight to slicks. I think he was on the enters eventually for, like, two laps or something, and then he switched to... No, to no, he just went straight to slicks. Oh, he went straight it to was, slicks? It was Leclerc that went on to enters mm. for, like, a silly amount of time. Yeah. And so it makes sense to me, and I don't know what Ferrari was thinking. And then they double-stacked them, but they double-stacked their like, car ahead behind their second car. So, like, I, 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 don't, I feel like somebody in, in on the strategy wall was like, okay, yeah, we bring in Charles now, and he switches. Oh, he'll be able to overcut Verstappen, and then just forgot that he's behind Carlos Sainz. And, like, oh, my God, no, we're going to bring them in. And then said, no, no, cancel that, cancel that. And it just, the order came in too late or something. But it was just such a, a huge, obvious mistake immediately, too, that, I don't, I, I, you know, it's, it's When was the last time? Because sometimes you see Red Bull pull off great strategies, sometimes Mercedes, sometimes, you know, Aston Martin when they used to be Force India and, you know, pull off great strategy moves and things. And like you said, Gasly sometimes does it in AlphaTag. When was the last time Ferrari ever had a good strategy? Before 2008. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They've got a good car. They were at a point where Leclerc was somehow like 5 million points ahead of Verstappen. And now Verstappen is in first place in the championship. Like I can't, I can't see how anyone else but Verstappen will win this year. And yeah. I think Ferrari have the best car, but will lose on strategy. If Ferrari, uh, or if, if Red Bull has to lose, they need multiple DNFs, like more than Max had last year. Last year he had what two, I think two, and then mm. one no, like tenth yeah. place finish. So they're gonna need like four DNFs if Ferrari is ever going to catch up I, I really don't know if they have it in them to win a championship like last year we we're talking about oh does mercedes have it in them to catch and, and chase and not be the one leading and you know eventually they they did pull it together but right now i i have like i don't know if ferrari could do it you know unless maybe am i, am I wrong no i don't know i, I think their problem is the strategy like you said it's the car is is clearly good but their strategy is all over the place and it's almost like, like you said, like Sainz made the decision himself. And that's why he ended up doing better. Because he just kind of ignored what the actual strategist's idea was. Yeah. Is it like people say for Mercedes, oh, they have an over-reliance on their software. Whatever their software says, that's what they go by. They never actually think about it. Is that the same thing with Ferrari? Are they just relying on their software? Or is it like the opposite? They're not using any you know, system to figure it out. They're just winging it. It's all vibes. Come in. Don't come in. I don't know what the official answer is, but but yeah, I think it's vibes. Is it like they have the F1 game on going concurrently and somebody is playing it to match? And then when the F1 game says new strategy available, they're like, oh, that's the one. That's the one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) But speaking of problems should we get to the bigger problem with this race is that it's at monaco which is dull and boring and nobody likes watching monaco but i don't know it's, it's so highly respected at the same time i don't get it but it's it is monaco monaco is like f1 like when you think of monaco you think of f1 and having yeah. the f1 calendar without having monaco i think is i don't know i just i just can't see that I know there's a lot of talk about but that. We happening. did it in 2020. Yeah, but we did it in 2020. There was no Monaco. Yeah, but there was not a lot of things in 2020. Yeah, but it still worked. It happened. The season finished. You know, a championship was won. 
Like, it's not like it was the end of the world. <laughs> if we, you know? My problem with Monaco is, you know, people talk about Formula One being the pinnacle of motorsport. And they talk about Monaco as the jewel in the crown and all this stuff. And you look at historic races and things, and, you know, Monaco was amazing. The cars were smaller, they could overtake, they could fight. But now it's so processional, it's so dull. And it's not even the track that's a problem it's everything else that comes around it yeah you know we're talking about the dodgy tv direction so every other race the formula one people travel from circuit to circuit they've got tv directors camera crew all of that whereas monaco do everything in-house and the tv direction is terrible there's yellow flags being thrown up all around the race and we're like who's Who that did it? who's crashed yeah, in sector one what's happening it. yeah they don't show it they don't explain it they never showed that magnuson retired yeah. they keep showing this replay of like i can't remember what it was was it leclerc going out in his pit stop or whatever and it's so badly edited they kept cutting to this uh like random engineer in the alpine uh, garage and uh, it's all we get to qualifying was so bad qualifying is like somebody started a hot lap and you're like showing somebody on the cool down lap and i'm like oh is alonzo in his hot lap like no it's george russell why are you showing me this cut back to the hot lap and it's just like that over and over like like you know the fia president tweeting like wow well worth the wait what an amazing race and even the commentary people like crofty and um, martin brunder are like wow this was well worth waiting for the rain what an amazing race blah 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 and it's like it's not it's it's like when i start every episode going we got a really exciting episode for it it's like <laughs> i just say that we don't have an exciting episode this is a very average podcast and it's like at best monaco can give us a very average race but they just they hammer up so much it's irritating and i feel like monaco is this i don't know it's like this person that was cool at high school and now everybody is like 50 years old and monaco is not aged with everyone yeah you know i i don't even know if there's a solution to it i mean i we'll get to we we asked people on twitter is there a solution to fixing monaco is there a way you could fix it but i, I don't even know if there is Umayma, do you have any suggestions in your wise I old think, age um, monaco is less has become less about the actual race and about the atmosphere and everything else that comes with it um, and that's probably like in okay. terms of the f1 and in terms of like the FIA making money out of it, there's they they don't because M- Monaco makes money. Yeah, but F one doesn't yeah. necessarily. But even like, look, I was thinking about like because I I had tickets originally to go to Miami, and they're trying to make Miami like the Monaco of the United States. They even had the the boats in the <laughs> harbor. So, but like. <laughs> Just the tickets are so expensive that it's not feasible for normal Formula One fans to go and enjoy Monaco. It's only for billionaires to go and have a party, basically. It's not like like normal Formula One fans cannot really afford to go to Monaco and do the entire experience. So Yeah, and I think yeah. we're at a place culturally now where we don't enjoy watching rich and famous people have a good time. No, no. Maybe we want to eat the rich. Pizza. I yeah. want to Mom, eat the Mom's rich. expression at that moment was the best. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't see it because this is an audio only podcast. <laughs> but that's why I have to tell the people what your face looked like. <laughs> Describe it. Paint a picture for Dismay. them. Dismay. Dismay. 
Uh, okay, Arfa, you give us your solution to fixing Monaco, and then Umaima, and then we'll go over the tweets. Genuinely, I wouldn't mind if it was just binned entirely, because, you know, people are like, you can't have Formula One without Ferrari. But if you look from, like, 2009 till now, it's really been, like, Red Bull versus Mercedes. And if Ferrari weren't there, it's not like we would have had bad racing. For five minutes, we would have been like, oh, this (laughs) is weird. But that was like having Formula One without Schumacher. But now, you know, we've, we've adjusted to that and something new has happened. So... I think people would adjust to life without Monaco. Yeah. Uh, and maybe actually like Singapore would take over that. that yeah. Or Miami. That, so. Maybe Miami I, would. No, Miami. No, <laughs> <laughs> Miami will try. <laughs> hey, listen, but, a bottle uh, of water is $6 in Miami. I think that shows you we have class. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Singapore has the class. Miami has the money. Um, but yeah, so I think people would adjust to it. In terms of actually fixing it, I think they just need smaller cars that can overtake. Because um, at the minute, the cars are like four buses wide or something. And it's just, it's not that you saw what Alonso did in the race. He just slowed down. He was doing three seconds a lap slower than the leaders. He didn't need to, but he realized there's no need to go any faster than this. Stress the car, stress the engine, maybe accidentally slide and hit the wall. I will go as slow as I need to and no one will be able to overtake me. Yeah, like, and what you is know, this? 2018, right? Daniel Ricciardo, 60% engine loss or whatever, and he's yeah. still able to win the race because you just cannot... Yeah. You, you know, I say you cannot overtake, but Pierre Gasly did like three or four overtakes, so good for him. He broke the rule. Great. That was worth waking up to watch the race. <laughs> it's not an overtaking track. Yeah. It's not been an overtaking track for a long time. But, With the cars the way yeah. they are just now, it's just not, and it is just... A procession. I think there is not really any way to fix it because what makes the races or give everyone like super super soft tires that can only last eight laps, so they all have to do like ten pit stops through the race. I think the only way is to just say right, okay, we accept that this is going to be an awful race, but we're going to keep it just for the sake of it being Monaco. Like that, that would be the only reason to keep it, not for the race side of things. So, like, race for, but without points, no, no. you mean? Like, it'll be there, but, like, except that it's just, this is going to be the most boring race of the of the season. <laughs> but then why do we publicize it to people that are, like, new fans? Like, they show it on... Because like, of that historic thing like, of, like, it was stuff. really glamorous yeah, 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 and really like, nice. They show it and... on, like, Sky Main Event. Yeah, there's some races that are just on Sky F1, and there's some races that they put onto Sky Main Event so other people can watch it too. And Monaco's one of those. And why are we advertising this to other people? I just want to say that I have our Twitter up because I want to go over the tweets. And on the side, yeah. it says something incredible, and I have to read it out. It says, Bridgerton and Euphoria collide as Nate and, Kay- Nate and Kate hang out at the Monaco Grand Prix. This is why we need Monaco, so that we can get these once-in-a-lifetime meetings between Nate and Kate from Bridgerton and Euphoria. I don't even know who those I people are. I have no are. idea what anything in that sentence means. <laughs> apart, from, I, I know Monaco That's Grand Prix it. at the end. Hang out. The rest of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, let's go over these tweets. So every week we're going to try and do this thing. Uh, we're, I'm calling it the Fan Flame War, but that is a weird title and I might change it. Question of the week, uh, we'll put on Twitter and you can respond and we'll try to read every single response out on our podcast. So, uh, at Meme Reg on call, which is like this average, not really funny medical meme page, and you don't follow them, said, make them do the race in those tiny wind tunnel models they use instead of the full-size race car. That seems okay to me because those are pretty much spec to the normal cars they have with yeah. aerodynamics and everything and they so can, can sit on top of them like mario kart oh they can't sit inside them i thought they were big enough no, that you can sit no they're tiny little models you'd have to sit on top of it okay so you sit on top of it and we do a mario kart monaco race i yeah. like that i, I, I don't I don't like the account, but I like that suggestion. Out <laughs> at Ralph Selwyn said, "When quality is over, make them race in reverse order." That is the worst idea ever. That is so astronomically bad. We're going to the next one. At Lil Ali one nine eight two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> he said i'm not sure how safe it would be but if they remove the chicane just after the tunnel it could provide a potential overtake spot or a floating piece of racetrack like the road they built on grand tour the ultimate harbor site track i actually think it's a good idea to take the chicane out what do you think so you could but the problem is by the time you get to the end of what you, your new straight coming into what's it called tobacco or something you are then going so fast um that if you missed your breaking point or needed to crash you would go straight into the back wall of the paddock they don't have a runoff area which is why they deliberately put the chicane in to slow people down that's annoying okay <laughs> at dom not toretto at no that's dom not toretto at biker boy said monaco spec rules oh that's what you said too our medical meme page said monaco spec rules whereby we apply a success time penalty on a sliding scale based on results from the preceding race i.e whoever came first second third and barca gets the most time added to their monaco race time plus mandatory use of all three compounds during the main race that way even if you get pole you can't park the bus for the entire race <clears throat> alonzo because the pen- penalty forces you to get a move on plus mandatory minimum two stop adds the possibility of drama and things going wrong what do you think about adding, you know, making mandatory two stops in the race? Would that make things better? I would have even more. I would, like, make the tires so, so soft that they can't last more than, like, 10, 15 laps without disintegrating. Hmm. Would that make it better? So then you just have, basically, then it becomes an overtaking, not not actually overtaking, undercut and overcut game. Yeah. And it's not a race. Yeah. It's never been a race. <laughs> it used to be a race. <laughs> you have to. I don't know no, what's wrong with you people. Race to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say that, like, you know, the commentators were saying, oh, yeah, this is why we need to keep Monaco because the precision in qualifying is so high. You can bin it at yeah. any corner. So It's great to watch qualifying. It's great to watch the onboards and qualifying. Monaco qualifying maybe is the they best should, Maybe the watch. solution should be that Monaco qualifying basically sets you up for the um, who goes the order for the next race yeah or yeah, not the next race it. but uh that's it like points for qualifying and no race on sunday yeah that could that could work because qualifying is exciting and uh, there's always somebody like who can get kind of sneak in a poll at, at monaco so that's why it's exciting okay at pranusha ready said monaco gp is for looking out at all the pretty yachts around no pranusha that's miami miami's for all the pretty yachts at the jj01 said I don't think there's much that anyone can actually do. The streets are already tight as it is, and safety is minimal too. It should be seen as a test of skill and not measured by overtakes. So that's kind of what I was saying about qualifying. What do you think about that, Arfa? Keep it as a test of skill? It is a test of skill, and it's impressive watching them get so close to the walls and things, but it's just not a good race. 
sad sad I don't I don't know if because you know if you say this is a a thing of precision well like why am I watching on Sunday then like what am I watching I'm watching people go really really slow yeah just because they don't need to go any faster yeah at Ahmed underscore Baokba said, for the drivers in the top 10 to play rock, paper, scissors after their fresh set of tires are put on against one of the stewards. If they lose in two out of three, 10 seconds stop and go penalty. The only way we can shuffle things up. And then somebody responded, Zechariah LFC1, the top two qualifiers have to play rock, paper, scissors for pole position. Uh, these don't sound serious to me, Twitter people. I'm hoping for serious answers only, which brings me I'd to the next one. I much prefer these. I think these would be better. I would watch this. <laughs> well, then I think you might re- watch the next one at uh, Val at M-U-F-C-L-H-M-S said, race on space hoppers. We call them bouncy balls in America, but I like that idea. I want to see Lewis Hamilton and Charlie Claire and Max Verstappen race around on little bouncy balls for 66 <laughs> laps. I think it's a good idea. And then uh, we had some responses to that at uh, Elisa Ferrari C. I'm going to get... Nah, I apologize if I missed your name up. Okay. Best idea. I'd love to see all the pilots complete a loop jumping on that, but I would suggest to do quality like that and then race as usual. Quali on that. You messed up, Elise. That's not the right way to go. <laughs> Gay- <laughs> At Gay Car said, the track is excellent for smaller cars. Make them all race in mini JCWs for Monaco or Lotus or Ariel Adam or Janetta. Any small sporty car. Okay. I kind of get what he's going at, and I want to say I think they should make Monaco like a, a race for the prestige, but not for points. So if you win, you're a Monaco Grand Prix winner, but you don't get the points in the championship to go along with it. I, I That's that's my personal solution. Um, what do you guys think about that? Why would people bother spending money? Like only the driver wants the prestige. The teams don't care. They want the points. They get the prestige of being the team that won Monaco. No, no? they don't care. No one cares. What was that team that won Monaco for the last five years? Mercedes. No. And? Red Red Bull. Yeah, okay. Well, that was easy because it was only going to be one of those two things. But <laughs> what team won the Monaco Grand Prix in, I don't know, 2010? Red Bull. Exactly. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At Nilly Vanilli F1 said, by removing it off the calendar for racing sake. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the band-aid that's... off. We'll, we'll all get over it. I think that is the predominant opinion on Twitter. Uh, and let's see. Maybe if there's enough pressure... The FIA will ignore us. Um, at JBoyFixie23 <laughs> said, Random moles popping out of the ground and marshals having to cross the road every 60 seconds. And I responded to him, We said improve Monaco, not turn it into death race. I don't think the answer is marshals <laughs> running across the street every 10 seconds. You can't even... Where are you going to dodge? You can't dodge them. It's just you're going to have to hit them. <laughs> it's just Wasn't like there the a pigeon that got hit by a Red Bull this race. No, I think uh, Perez had his lockup because he missed it. That's what Red Bull oh. fans have assured me. Not that he was on like seventy-five old, you know, old lap medium tires. It's because that uh, he tried to dodge. He was a trying pigeon. to save a pigeon. Yes, Fair that's enough. why he messed up. That's that's what I've heard. So uh, Grant Rivers at Snow and Beach said, "Where do you start?" Uh, but then he didn't tell us where to start, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is our final. That is our final tweet. So if you guys want to get on our podcast and have me be passive aggressive to you, or maybe I'll get kicked off the podcast altogether and our fight can be really nice to you. I don't know. On uh, the race weekend, go to our Twitter and you'll see us have this flam fame, flam, 
See, I'm already going to change the title. Fan Flame War, question of the week. Uh, and we'll read your tweets out on our episode. Thank you, guys. But we just talked about a bunch of problems with Monaco. One of the nice things about Monaco, probably the only nice thing, is that the track is really nice to look at. Like, it's just very well-shaped. And I think it's because it spans, like, the entire width of the country of Monaco. So it's just like a map of Monaco when you look at the map of the track. Um, but... You know, I the the the, pro, the the trophy comes out and you get the the shape of the track on the trophy, which is really cool. We will never win a Monaco Grand Prix, uh, except we maybe try. we could try. We could. Not we might if guns. we if we crash it. If we're the first car to go out, and then we end the session by causing a red flag. We will win Monaco. I, I mean, think. Alonso held up everybody by driving three seconds a lap slower than the leaders. I'm almost certain I would be more than three seconds a lap slower. And you would still win, which is incredible. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so if you like the shape of the track, you know we highly recommend going to our sponsor, Little Prince 3D on Etsy. Uh, they make these custom-made 3D tracks. Uh, it's really gorgeous. I've been talking about my Silverstone one all uh, season so far because I really like it. I look at it every single day. You can get the Monaco one on your wall. I think I might do that. I think I might because I know it's going to be a historic relic in a few years. So I'll put the Monaco track <laughs> on my wall. Use sl code slow pit stop to get 10% off your next order. Uh, we also give these tracks away to each of our giveaway winners uh, for F uh, F1 Fantasy, which we'll talk about later. But if you are interested, definitely give them a look. They've got these really nice tracks, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. Shall we start our group therapy session? Yes. So I think we're getting to the point in the season where let, let's talk about Lewis Hamilton and what's happening with his season. So I was going to ask you guys, even though technically if you go race by race, there's some circumstantial reason that Lewis is, you know, out qualified by Russell or out fin or finish lower than Russell. But my question is, genuinely, is Russell the number one driver? If Mercedes can only bring parts to one car, are they going to bring it to Russell at this point? Because he's just been more consistent. Granted, Lewis has been trying different setups, trying to improve the car, and just sacrificing his races for that. I think he had extra equipment on this race as well to mm -hmm. test it out. So, you know, at what point does George Russell become the bonafide number one driver? No, no, no. Why is that? Because that would be really sad. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Any other reasons? <laughs> Because we need Lewis to win. Okay. <laughs> and if they make George number one driver, that's not going to happen. So they have to be loyal to Lewis at the moment. Okay, well, let me ask you this. What happened in 2016? I didn't watch Formula One in 2016. Arfa, you were at Spain, so I know you were behind the scenes. You saw all the drama in Spain in 2016. Um, was there a number one driver that year between Nico and Lewis when they were fighting? Or did Mercedes no, step out of it? No, they set out after that some rules of engagement. And I think they let the driver's race um and i think they would only have a number one number two when it got to a point where it was mathematically impossible uh -huh. for one of them to win the exception to that was i remember once in russia bottas was asked to give up a position to lewis Valtteri and james yeah because they were focusing on the fight with ferrari if george russell was currently in the championship fight and lewis wasn't that would be different. One of them would have to play a support role, potentially, to help the other one fight Red Bull, Ferrari, whoever. Mm -hmm. I think right now, 
Mercedes priority isn't to you know try and win the championship they need to just try and get their car to a point where it can win one race and to do that both drivers are having to develop and do different setup work and you know it's not just Lewis that's doing it um but George's priority maybe at this time is to just get a handle of the basics of the car um well, get used so, to working in the team so my understanding so was why. my understanding was George was going for the straightforward traditional setup uh, because they need that as a control to Lewis, who's going for the more extreme setup. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's such a thing as car. a straightforward control setup because there there isn't a a, a straightforward setup. You're yeah. you're constantly changing things to try and optimize and work out what's better. Um, so there's no such thing as a control. But I think Lewis is potentially doing more extreme things yeah. and carrying extra weight because he maybe has more points of reference within that team already yeah. to say this is what a winning car should feel like. Whereas George Russell yeah. hasn't been in a winning Formula One car, really. Um, so, but both of them are doing an equally important development work. But do you think that because like they do the, they, they do the development, so like Lewis would have done whatever changes and whatever things for this race, but then the next race is totally different to this one. And it's just how much they are gaining from each each bit mm-hmm. of development well so so okay um jack nichols on checkered flag podcast he said that you know we went to spain and mercedes did really well but they've always done really well at spain then we are going to monaco and they're struggling but they've always sort of struggled in monaco so it's not really characteristic of where their car is their car is probably somewhere between monaco and spain so it, you know by that measure they are kind of getting better you know so yeah. like actually like maybe last race, races will be painful. lewis did well like yeah, he didn't win, but actually he climbed through the field really nicely. You know, that was the yeah. kind of Lewis that we're used to seeing with that car. So he does have it, and yeah. the car does have it. Well, something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. hopefully they just continue to improve on I, that. I think the next two races will be painful. When they get to Silverstone, they've probably got a better chance of a good result, but I think they need hot summer weather. I think if it's cold, the Mercedes will struggle. Where are they going before Silverstone? Canada? Yeah, I think Canada and Azerbaijan. Baku is next. So Azerbaijan is a street... two European yeah. countries. Baku is a street track, so they will struggle there. But why would yeah. you think they would struggle at Canada? It's a full track, isn't it? Is it the yeah, weather? Yeah, I, I just think the characteristics of the track, I think okay. they're going to get a lot of porpoising and all that kind of jazz. That's amazing. Um, and then they'll get the Silverstone. They have a huge upgrade package planned for Silverstone. Mm. And uh, last year, their upgrade package at Silverstone actually did manage to turn things around. Um, yeah. it, it managed to get them back up to the field. So maybe that's what we're looking for. Do you foresee you know, a, a future of the season where, uh, I don't know, maybe Ferrari is able to have some good races, uh, Red Bull has some DNFs, and then Mercedes put, pulls it together within the last like three or four races, or do you think that it's just development from here to the end in twenty twenty three? Is is you know that's the car that's going to really matter. So I think they need to just keep developing. I'm gonna quickly look at the results from two thousand and nine, right? Yeah. Because two thousand nine was the last time we had such a big rule change, and I'm looking at the performance of. McLaren, Ferrari, Renault—people that were losing out at the beginning. So I, I think you know, McLaren. First... I think Jensen Button won like like four in a row at the end, or something. No, no. In two thousand nine, he won 
uh, six oh, oh, of the first right. seven races. Okay, wow. Right? And then uh, Sebastian Vettel won the other one. And they were sharing all the wins up until Silverstone. After mm-hmm. Silverstone, the other teams started catching up. So Lewis Hamilton won Hungary. Then he won Singapore. Mm. Um, and who else won? I thought Alonso... No, Alonso won the next year. But yeah, so it was towards the last part of the season that Lewis started getting back on the podium where his performance in the first half of the season was, you know, he finished 7th, 6th, 4th, 9th, 12th, 13th, 16th, That was his first half. And then the second half was podium, 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 podium. So it is possible to climb back towards the back half of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't think Lewis is in any sort of contention for the championship. But as long as he can win one race that's all i want do you think mercedes it can get p2 in the constructors or is that out of the question they're about i think they're like 100 points down or something from ferrari yeah i think they could i think ferrari would have to implode oh, um, they're doing a good job i don't want them to implode <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i don't my want hila- them to implode <laughs> my hilarious prediction is right now perez is only 15 points behind verstappen right oh yeah mm-hmm what happens if Verstappen has a DNF and Perez wins another race? Suddenly Perez is the number one driver at Red Bull. And if Ferrari is strong, <laughs> do Red Bull have to prioritize Perez over Verstappen? And after what happened in Spain, yeah. like I thought it was great for Perez to win Monaco. I'm, I'm really, really happy for him. Yeah. Um, and I, I think actually, if Perez became champion this year, after everything was built up as... Verstappen versus Leclerc, that that would be perfect. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, well, I, I think e- if either of those drivers, Sainz or Leclerc uh, or Perez, had won, I think it would have been really nice because they both yeah. sort of really need a win. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see Perez win, especially coming so soon after his like we got to talk team, and then I guess he did talk to them, and they were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you can win the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I wanted I usually turn it off like right at the checkered flag because I get depressed. I kept it on this time, the race, just to see if uh, Christian Horner would congratulate Perez or not. But he did. He did congratulate him. He was like, and he was there you know, on the podium. Oh, he was. Oh, I didn't know that. See, I didn't because I didn't watch the podium. That's great. <laughs> Good. For I was Chris. asleep. Oh, I, I missed the last half. He hour. was on the podium. He took the constructors. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, going back to to Lewis, it's. I, I almost want to ask Umayma, like, you've been watching for, you know, through, you, you've watched, like, through three major dynasties. You saw Ferrari come and go, you saw Red Bull come and go, and you've seen Mercedes. Ultimately, do you think this year will even matter in the long-term look of his legacy? Or is it just, like, the way we look at 2009, like, one who, who, out of there? In Lewis's legacy. Yeah, in Lewis's legacy. I just really hope that, the Mercedes, they're able to develop enough that next year Lewis gets his eighth. Yeah, I hope so too. And I think, yeah. and I think, if, I think if he, if does, he does, then, think... then this year will just be a little blip. Um, if he doesn't, then this will be like the defining, changing moment. Yeah, I think I agree with you too. I definitely. Agree I think with if you Lewis could... keeps winning races until he retires, I don't. I, obviously, we want to see him win more championships, but I don't think he needs to win more championships for us to think any more of him like i don't think we would think less of him if he retired on seven no but i think like for him like just that that whole especially after how last year finished 
I think yeah. just no, I, I, think I think it would the, just be yeah, he deserves a it. deserved thing for him. Yeah. But if he didn't get it, I don't think I don't think anyone would think any less of well, all the racists would think less of him. It's just the car. But um for actual Lewis fans we would still appreciate his performance. Like you're saying Spain, he finished what, fifth place? <laughs> yeah. But we actual fans of racing can go, that was a really good performance he put in. Yeah. Um Alright, so I'm gonna call it now. It's gonna be depressing, but I'm just gonna say it. Uh I think Max Verstappen will win this year. I I think Red Bull have Yeah, I can't see how it'll there. be anyone else. If it was Perez, that would be amazing. I want somehow for it to be Perez. Um, because I think Red Bull are just going to keep dominating oh my this God, year. Can you imagine if it's like the last race and Perez is still within 25 points of Verstappen and Verstappen's engine DNFs and Perez wins? Oh, it would be Oh amazing. my God. It would That'd be so, I, so good. <laughs> I want to, I, if that happens, I want to inject that moment into my, if, especially if it's the last lap. If he <laughs> loses. it's the last lap, it's the last lap. <laughs> and it's a safety car. A safety car comes out and Perez oh. is able to pit. But Verstappen can't pit, and Perez comes out on new softs behind Verstappen oh on 40-lap old hard tires. That would be... Then I'd be like, yeah, best season ever. <laughs> that would be the... That would just be the most amazing thing. It, oh, my God. Now I'm really hoping for something like that to happen. I'm My, my money's on Perez to stay within 25 yeah. points of Verstappen all year. Um, really good effort, Charles Leclerc. You know, it's not your fault. Your team is just like like catastrophically bad at being a formula <laughs> one team so <laughs> i don't know maybe we'll be wrong you know i asked you guys i think it was after like our second or third episode of the season you know who is the favorite to win and you and uh adam was on you both were like charlie claire without a doubt he's gonna pull it out yeah and uh, red bull turned it around so fast so you never know what's gonna happen um yeah yeah let's go over the winners of our slow pit stop see that was my prediction for what's going to happen at the end of the season. We had people predict what was going to happen this race uh, in our well, F1. I kept saying from the beginning of the year that Lewis would win in Monaco, and that didn't happen. And I'm doing very badly in F1 Fantasy. I'm doing so badly right now. I'm trying to log into it to see um, where I finished, and I can't even remember my password. <laughs> That's how good Excellent. I am at it. <laughs> our winner uh, for the for the weekend was Leroy R. with an amazing team name. You can cook Joe Guan Yu. I think that's a reference to something, but I don't know what it's a reference to. His team, he had 251 points, which is pretty impressive. His team was uh, Sainz, Perez as turbo driver. Good good call there. Really good call. Uh, Norris, good call too. Botas, uh, Leclerc, and then Ferrari as his constructor. Uh, and so that was 251 points, and he's our winner. Um, you can cook Zhou Yu, Leroy, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, we will be sure to send you your gift, which is a Monaco 3D printed track from Little Prince 3D. If you came in second and third and you're really upset you didn't get one, you can still go to Little Prince 3D on Etsy and use code SLOWPITSTOP to get 10% off and just order one for yourself anyway. What is going on with you, Arfan? How are you not winning more of these? I don't know. I had Perez. I had Leclerc. Oh, I didn't have signs. I took signs out and I had Ocon Bottas Hamilton. Ah, uh, that's sad. That's what I did wrong. See, what people don't know... I should know... have known... But Leclerc would have the curse would continue. Yeah, you need well, to put I mean, the curse Norris in there. Continue. We've not spoken about Norris at all. Poor Norris, but he's well, he's what what is there to talk about? He was fifth for most of the race, and then got jumped by George in one of the pit stop phases, and then he became sixth and finished sixth. I know, but he was so unwell. Uh, yeah, we talked about that last week. He he's still recovering. But he looks really unwell. 
Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't see him. Does he still look like? Him? Yeah, he looked really sick. He looked really like his whole face was puffy, and he just looked oh, really unwell. So, so the fact that oh, he came sick I... was like I was actually quite impressed. I um I just opened up Lando Norris's Wikipedia, and I don't know if it's you're closing it's late, your eyes as if like what? oh my god, what did I just see? <laughs> no, no, no. So it says Lando Norris was born in Bristol to Adam and Siska Norris. His father is a retired pensions manager. And I read it as his father is a retired penguin manager. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? What is a penguin manager? Yeah, I think I, I think it's so incredible that in order to be a good Formula One driver, you need to come from money because so many of these drivers <laughs> that are good came from money. So like Verstappen... Rosberg, the champions. I'm just listing champions. That they're not good drivers. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, they all came for money. It's just, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, uh, Arfa, any highlights for this weekend? Any top three moments? Qu- Horner's corner. You got anything for me? I didn't see enough of Horner to know what he was whinging about this week. Hmm. What were my highlights? Mm. While he thinks, Mamie, can you tell me what whinging means? Whinging. Yeah, what does that mean? I, we don't use that word in the it's US. Like whining. Is that like whining. Oh, then why don't you just say whining? Why did you add an extra letter and make it whinging? Because that's what it is. Okay, so what's the difference? It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> you just use the wrong word. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so do you not say whining in, in the UK? According to Google... It says, though Americans use only one word, wine, the British use both, whining and whinging, also spelt whinging. Do you see the difference there? Um, whinging yeah. is more specifically for peevish or fretful complaining. Oh, okay. So last week I learned that pants means underpants in the UK. This week I've learned that whinging and whining are two words that mean the same thing. You know, this is a very... Yeah, exactly. Knots and crosses. You learned what a knot was. Listen, how? why is a knot a zero? Just call it a zero. I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't... This is why I'm happy to be from America. Because we I'm use words, the correct word. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> any, any moments of the weekend otherwise, Arafat? There's Monica. There are no highlights. I think the moment was actually watching Schumacher walk away from a car that was split in half. Mm. I the forgot Change the safety that. regulations so the cars are more likely to split in half nowadays. I know, but like actually just see That's... it, like literally the, the front end of the car was pointing in a different direction to the back end of the car and he just yeah. stood up yeah, and yeah. walked out of the car and I think that's quite amazing. You know what? I have a moment. Uh, I don't know what we can call it. Maybe not Horner's Corner. We'll call it Crofty's kitchen crafty's kitchen so yeah. he he went uh well, he cooks up nonsense oh yes that's oh that's called. good this is why we are the number one average formula one <laughs> podcast on the internet <laughs> <laughs> but yes crafty's kitchen where he cooks up nonsense uh he was he was talking about it was in the rain and they were red flagged and he was like oh yeah i saw joss kepito uh absolutely he was helping the team oh, no, that was ted time. kravitz oh that was ted kravitz kravitz yeah. kitchen yeah, I... that's even better kravitz kitchen yeah <laughs> So what did he say, Arfa? Do you remember? Yeah, he was like, I've just seen the most heroic thing ever. Jost Capito, the boss of Williams, was out helping the mechanics move tires. He was running with them, getting these tire trolleys back. I was like, he said, I've Roman never Grosjean. seen any. 
Yeah, yeah Roman like, Grosjean I'm... extracted himself from a burning car, and the most heroic thing you've ever seen is a middle-aged man pushing a tire. But it was so funny. Like, did you did you hear him interview him after? Going, oh my god, you were so amazing, <laughs> and you you pushed the tires and this, and he was like, yeah, because it needed to be done. He's like, yeah, but it's amazing. It's really good that you did that. And he was like, okay, here, have a banana. <laughs> yes. He gave Ted a banana. And then Ted was like, oh, he gave me a banana. And I was like, what? Uh, I like this. Let's call it. Ted, Ted Kravitz does the the uh, walks, right? Or no, that's Martin yeah. Brundle. No, but he did. We need yeah. to have a segment for all of these guys. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about one other thing that we've totally missed out? What's that? The tabloids that oh. were going on about from Miami. This uh, Michelle Obama having an affair with Lewis Hamilton because she hugged him for too long <laughs> when she saw him in in the Mercedes garage. Listen, Barack like, Obama is distraught. Okay, he yeah, is that's in what, tears, what was the headline? crying, throwing up. Uh, it was like what Michelle. Was fa- Michelle falls for a race car driver. Age thirty seven. Barack Obama. It, yeah. Age sixty two cowers in the corner he cannot no, no it said up. hubby barack 60 is not amused <laughs> oh yeah i found it <laughs> yes amazing Absolutely weekend rendezvous amazing. in miami yeah because that's where the race was <laughs> michelle falls for race driver 37 years old hubby barack 60 is not amused that is the first time i've heard lewis hamilton described as young in a context they always talk about him as being like the oldest so old. driver on the grid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's only Who 37 writes this stuff um, a trained monkey, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe Lewis Hamilton will be president of the USA one day. I would like that. It can't be. You have to be born there, don't you? You have to be uh, a naturalized citizen. So no, I think he... you have to be born there. So, like, that's why uh, Schwarzenegger can't do it. Yeah, but but Ted Cruz was born in Canada, and somehow he found a loophole to run for yeah, president. Yeah, I think he was, like, born on, like, U.S. soil or something. Yeah. So, well, that's what we'll do. We'll go back to wherever Lewis Hamilton is born, dig up, a, dig the whole area up, pour some U.S. soil there, pat it down, and now he's been born on U.S. soil, and uh, he'll yeah. be our president. And um, who, who would his vice president be? Let's let's, let's end the episode Baltas. like that. Oh, Valtteri Baltas. Best friends forever. And they would hang that picture of them. Yes. In the, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see? online no what's that so the Bottas went and he got you know the photo of Bottas like lying naked in a river yeah he yes. gave it to Lewis he had it printed and gave it to Lewis well it's because last week Lewis said they were like oh Lewis are, you know Bottas is selling pictures of, of himself are you going to buy it and he was like oh is it the picture of me sitting on the chair looking at him and she was like what no that's a, a Mercedes tw- Instagram photo <laughs> photoshop it's not that one it's your original and then he was like oh yeah 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 i'll buy it so then he, he did buy it and both us gave it to him personally yeah. um thank you everyone for joining us this week we try to make the, the most of an incredibly incredible race an incredibly incredible race i don't know what to call monaco we tried to make the most of it hopefully we'll be back with some more entertaining content after baku uh, which, fun fact, was the first race I was going to go to, and then I didn't buy tickets for it, and then I got tickets for Miami, and then I didn't go there either. So, uh, where will I go next? I don't or know. Or not go. But we'll be back after Baku. <laughs> or not. Where will I not go next? Um, <laughs> we will try to have some stuff in between then, maybe. Uh, some donuts and drivers. Some, uh, we, we've been talking yeah. about doing donuts and drivers for so long. We'll do it tomorrow night. Tomorrow night we'll record it. Okay. When we will publish it, that is still a question, but we will record it. Yeah tomorrow night. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Goodbye. Bye-bye.
This has been a production for Not That Good Media.